Hello and welcome to Ealing Road Buzz, our weekly Brentford podcast. My name is Robert Warlow and I'm joined here today by Ryan O'Donovan. Hello. And Clive Yorton. Hello. Hello. Um, we have not got our regular Brentford uh, digital club writer, Tom Moore. He's off on holiday this week, but we will discuss their uh, 3-2 defeat at Hull City at the weekend. Um, disappointing for uh, for Brentford after the uh, the high of their beating Fulham last week. Yeah, I think, you know, going into a game against Hull City, you know, they've got a new manager in, they haven't been on the best run of form after beating Fulham so convincingly. You'd probably be going into that game, you know, expecting a better performance than they what, what they put in, but... You know, Nigel Adkins has now won Manager of the Week award for <laughs> that performance, and the same the same questions are raised for Brentford. Why can't they defend set pieces? You know, they're one nil up and they press the self destruct button. I think Dean Smith called. You know, set pieces again have proved the bane of their existence. It's the same against QPR. They're two nil up, two set pieces, and it's just you know, Brentford aren't too far away from being a playoff side. They just need to sort out the set pieces, and that's going to be a big concern for Dean Smith. You know how often they're conceding from these set pieces. Mm. What, what what do you put it down to? Do you think it is just a, a continual errors at the set pieces, or do you think it's you know are they not doing enough work on it on the training ground? I think maybe organisation, not from the head coach or the coaches, but on the pitch itself. You know, Dan Bentley hasn't really been having the best of times at the moment. Maybe he's lacking confidence because he's been beaten by two direct free kicks this time whereas against QPR there were balls into the box so you know a bit of communication between defence and goalkeeper perhaps it's just not there you know people not picking up runners yeah. walls not being in the right places so you know maybe you can pull it down to to communication I mean Clive you played football what would you put it down to? I, I didn't play in defence of course <laughs> I, I just hung around up front while uh, people defended but I think it's down to individual responsibility, isn't it? And um, knowing your job, it's something you can work on on the training ground. Um, and, you know, in a big match situation, don't let your player go. I don't know whether they do zonal marking or man marking at, at Brentford. I think it's more zonal More zonal, they have yeah. their picks. Yeah, you so know. you've just got to attack, attack the space, attack the ball, be aware of what's around you. And I think it, it can be just a case of players switching off at key moments. Because um, so many goals are scored from dead ball situations aren't they particularly against Brentford it seems at the moment mm. yeah. it, like as you say it's, it is a big you know big problem for them and if they cure it it does look like they would be higher at the table yeah they definitely would be you know the, I saw them against Fulham a couple of weeks ago and they're a good footballing side you know they attack with pace and it's it's scary the players they've got but then you look at their defence as well you know the, the defenders they've got aren't bad players Dan Bentley's one of the best goalkeepers in the league John Egan's a good a good player Andreas Bergeland's a good player you know these, these they shouldn't be conceding sloppy set pieces especially for a club that puts so much emphasis on set pieces in terms of scoring you know the whole stats model is set pieces account for however much of goals but they're so rarely worked on so for a club to put so much emphasis on attacking set pieces you think defending set pieces mm. would also be up there and they wouldn't be conceding as much as they are because at the moment it's, it's their Achilles heel mm. it's stumbling their progress massively this season the manager can say to these players that this is what you've got to do, but then at the end of the day, he's got to rely on those individuals being switched on at those those key moments. Mm. I mean, just looking at Brentford, how a middle of the road club they are in that division. Mm. They've uh, six wins, six defeats, and nine draws. They're ten points off the playoffs. They're eleven points from relegation. So they're sort of right in that centre position. But they can, as you say, Ryan, if they if they sort that sort of side of things out. They could be up there challenging for the uh, for the playoffs, couldn't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've got some of the 
they do it every season. They lose their better players, but their recruitment is so good. Mm. These new players that come in, you'd never know that they lost anyone. I mean, Ollie Watkins this season has been absolutely brilliant since signing from Exeter. You've got another two assists on mm. Saturday. When you've got players like that on your side, you should be you should be doing mm. better than what they're doing. And like, you think after beating Fulham three one, you know, after playing so well, it, it, they'd be building a bit of a of a run. I know they're on quite a good run of form. I think it's like three defeats and lost however many games, but. As Clive said, it's very middle of the road, you know, they beat a team like Fulham and then they'll go to Hull and mistakes cost them dear. Mm. I suppose it's, it's never a great time to play a team when they've got a new manager though, is it? I mean, although actually I think that was Nigel Adkins' first win in his last four jobs in, the, in his opening game. So, it, you know, sometimes you get that new manager bounce, sometimes you don't. No, but in, that, in this case, I guess, particularly playing a team with a new manager away from home, it's never going to be easy, is it, again? Well, exactly what we talked about on last week's podcast uh, for Brentford with Tom, you know, playing Hull City, new manager, will there be this bounce? And there isn't always mm. that, but there certainly was uh, was at the weekend and it can have an effect, can't it? I think more so with the weekend, that like Brentford were just the architects of their own downfall. Mm. You know, they're 1-0 up, they're playing well, two free kicks, two goals, you're chasing a game then. Once that third one goes in, mm. the crowd are really behind the home side then, you know, the new managers come in, once it's 3-1, you're looking down the barrel of the feet straight away. But the fact they were 1-0 up, you know, it's, it's their own fault, really. Yeah, I suppose if they, if they could have gone on and got a second goal, you'd think with Hull, you know, not in the best of form, obviously that's why they made the change with the manager, you know, they, they could have gone on and, and pushed for the victory and, you know, even won quite comfortably. Yeah, definitely. If they got that second goal, we wouldn't be talking about Nigel Adkins' first win here. Mm. We'd be talking about how good Brentford are and how well they've done to go away from home and score two goals again after beating Fulham and they're looking now really well set to be in that playoff run. But aren't they doing well as a club anyway, just to be in the company that they're in? You look at the Championship, uh, 12 teams above them, 10 have all been in the Premier League, 11 teams below them, all but two of those have been in the Premier League. So it's a hell of an achievement really, just being where they are and competing with the likes of you know Leeds above them, Middlesbrough, Ipswich, just, uh, Nottingham Forest, all those clubs immediately above Brentford, outside the playoffs even, including Fulham as well. Yeah, I think with a club of Brentford's size, you have to be very, very well run. And Brentford are, you know, right from the top down to the bottom. Matthew Benham's implemented such a structure to that club. Like I said earlier, they lose their best players every season. Mm. But their recruitment is so good that they bring players in and you'd never notice the old ones are gone. Mm. They lost Hotter in the summer and he's one of the best players in the Championship. But now he's sitting on a bench at Birmingham mm. and Ollie Watkins and Sergi Canos are playing at Brentford week in, week out, scoring goals and mm. are one of the biggest attacking threats in the league. So you've got to give huge credit to Matthew Benham and the way he's implemented mm. what he wants into the club. And he's gotten from, like, you know, the League Two 10 years ago and now they're right mm. up at the right end of the Championship and they want to be a Premier League football club soon. So they're a progressive club, aren't they? I mean, you, you can see that on and off the field. I mean, you know, just this week they've had the... Um, approval, haven't they, for the revised plans for the state proposed new stadium? So I mean, yeah, that, that, that's another sign that they want to, you know, they're not happy with just where they are and, and getting to the championship. They want to go further. No, definitely. And I think that's come from Matthew Benham himself. You know, he's an ambitious person. He took over the Danish club Midtjylland yeah. and won their first title ever with them. So, you know, yeah, he's an, he's an ambitious person. He's boyhood Brentford fan. So we, and they're in good hands as well. You see these other clubs that, you know, spend silly money to get up to where, but Brentford haven't done that. It's all been done pretty much by the book they haven't put themselves in trouble by doing that and you've got you know Brentford fans have to be really thankful to Matthew Benham for what he's implemented into the club Do you think that they do need to move to, to progress further? Yeah I think I think so you know Griffin Park is a great ground it's one of those historic football grounds but they lose money on match day from it it's not 
I say big enough, the new one's only going to be a few thousand seats more bigger than that. But yeah, I think to progress, you know, the stadium is a huge thing for a player. Griffin Park's lovely, but if a new, you know, you, you're playing Premier League football, you, you can't play it, you're not going to be able to play at Griffin Park. You need a brand new stadium. You need something to say, look, this is our club. Griffin Park's our past, but this is where we want to go and this is where we want to be. And that's what the new stadium brings. But the yeah. danger is being a West Ham, perhaps, and going to a big new stadium and not having that fortress uh, type ground that Brentford have obviously got at the moment. Yeah, so they're, they're used to playing there. Maybe other clubs don't particularly want to play there because it's, you know, it's, as you say, it's a traditional mm-hmm. old ground. So there is that side of things to consider as well. There is that. But I think with West Ham moving to the Olympic Stadium, you know, it's quite away from Upton Park, yeah. whereas mm-hmm. Brentford's new stadium is a 10-minute walk from right. Griffin yeah. Park. So the area, they've yeah. still got the area, you know, and it isn't that much bigger than what... Yeah. Griffin Park's going to be, I think, it's like seventeen thousand, yeah, yeah, something so like that. Yeah, reduced so. it slightly from the original twenty thousand. Oh, yeah, so it's still going to be, it's still yeah. going to retain everything. I think the way Brentford have wanted to design it, they don't want this bowl. They don't want the whole like, oh, this is what clubs do now with their bowl stadiums. Mm. There's an iconic design to this that they want to be different. So, I think the way Matthew Benamoff operates, he thinks of all the little details and what makes mm. Brentford, yeah, what makes them better, fit. yeah. Mm. And I think he's going to bring that to this new stadium in terms of the design and the way they're going to play it. Uh, I suppose we've seen with you know to use Bournemouth as an example that you know clubs don't have to have the biggest stadium you know to, to be able to get into no. the Premier League. I mean Bournemouth have you know they're, they're in their third season now, aren't they? And they, they've done well with, with a what even smaller eleven thousand vitality, isn't it? So yeah, so there is that. Yeah, you know the stadium isn't the be all and end all, but I think you know I think if you ask Bournemouth would they want to build a brand new stadium up to the day and age of football, they'd say yes in a heartbeat. So I think you know it's all part of progression. It'd be great. For Brentford to play Premier League football at Griffin Park, I'm sure the fans would love that. But realistically, long term, it's not sustainable. So they're going to have to move on from it. Are the fans happy being in, in mid-table? I'm assuming that they are being in the Championship, competing well. Uh, I think Tom's probably the best person to ask that. But <laughs> you know, you, you look at it on paper and you'd say, yeah, they'd, they'd be happy to be mm. the upper reaches. But I think the last three seasons they finished upper reaches of the Championship. Yeah. So there's got to be a time where they think right what are we going to do here we need to kick on because mm. I mean three top 10 finishes whatever in a row for a club of Brentford size is an amazing mm. achievement but there's times a bit where what's next yeah. and that next bit is getting into the playoffs and I think they've got a team to do that attacking wise they just need to sort out this Defensive, defensive yeah. issues they seem to have and if they could cut that out you know you wouldn't bet against them for the second half of the season to to go on a playoff charge. But when you look at the fixtures they've got coming up and you know, Barnsley at home this weekend and they've got Norwich away, Aston Villa, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, the next four before the new year, if they could pick up points in those, you know, some of those teams that are in and around them, aren't they, or below them. So, you know, if they can pick up nine points out of 12, then all of a sudden they might be looking further up and, you know, towards the playoffs. I think if they pick nine points up out of 12 over the Christmas period, they're going to be laughing and they'll bite your hand off for that right now. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's the same, I mentioned our following podcast earlier, so long as they keep on the tailcoats of the playoffs, who knows what can happen in the last four months of the season. I think Fulham could still be there, but Brentford could still be there as well. Mm. Looking ahead this weekend, then Barnsley at home, I mean, that, that's a, you know, Brentford perhaps aren't always the, the favourites in this league for games, but you would you would argue they would be this weekend. Yeah, you'd expect them to bounce back from the whole defeat with a win against Barnsley at home. But again, you know, they played Burton at home mm. at last month, whatever, drew 1-1. So... Although you'd, you'd back them for a win, you know, they've still got about them that they can have a really dodgy result. You know, they drew against QPR. QPR are only six points off relegation and they're not a good footballing side. They should be beating teams like that if they want to reach the playoffs. So they'll be expecting to beat a team like Barnsley. But again, you know, Barnsley will be 
coming saying, well, it's Brentford, we could, we could do a job here as well. Mm. It's great that Brentford are managing their resources though, isn't it? And doing it properly and not overspending and, and still challenging in that championship. When you look at the clubs in League One, Blackburn, Wigan, Blackpool, Portsmouth, Charlton, all in League One, all maybe have had their financial problems in the past and look where they are now. So the fact Brentford are, are there and they're sustainable and they've, they've got a bright future is great for them. It's refreshing to see in football as well where you get all this big money going around and then you've got Brentford, you know, small club in West London really, mm. doing so well for themselves. It is refreshing to see. And people talk about fairy tales of like Leicester winning the, the Premier League and stuff, but if Brentford were to get to the Premier League, that's I mean for Brentford where they are now is great. Mm. But if they manage to get to the Premier League, that's a real fairy tale story. It is. Absolutely. It's not beyond the round's possibility either. No, not all. And obviously the, the, the cup draw was made last week as well. They've got Notts County at home, haven't they? It's a, a winnable game for them in, in the FA Cup. Yeah, you'd expect them to win that, you know, through to the fourth round, an extra bit of money, again, chance to build on a, a build a cup run. And, you know, why, why not? There'll, there'll be changes for that team, for that game. You know, they're not going to go into that Notts County game playing their full strength 11. There'll be youngsters coming through from the Brentford B team that's doing well. But they'd still be expecting to beat Notts County at home. And, you know, why can't they build a cup run from there? increase the coffers a bit. They've had a few in, in recent years, haven't they? They've got to the sort of fifth, sixth round a couple of times, so you know, it's not it's not impossible for them. Definitely not, no. And you know, that could like we spoke with Fulham earlier, that could really boost them in a championship as well. Mm. If they're beating teams, get a run going in an FA Cup, that will only help their league form. Mm. Okay, well um, Tom will be back next week and we'll end it here for this week. Uh, thanks Ryan and Clive for joining me. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back with Eating Road Buzz next week. <laughs>